0: Hello, America. Welcome to The Carter Report, and thanks for joining us. Most Christians in almost every church believe that when a person dies, he goes straight up into heaven, or else he goes straight down into hell. Is this what the Bible teaches, or is it simply a religious relic of a barbaric age? The Carter Report will give you the answer today. The Carter Report. Investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. But tonight, by special permission and by special arrangement, we are now going to bring on this stage, get ready for it, a living soul. Da-dum-da-dum. Bring out the soul. In fact, we. No. Oh. <laughs> He's sleeping? I can easily wake him up, Pam. <laughs> now, we've got three souls here. <laughs> You see this little baby here? <laughs> He's making funny noises. Yeah. <laughs> we won't wake him up. Listen. Listen to me. This little baby, don't be offended. This little baby doesn't have a soul. This little baby doesn't have a soul. This little baby is a soul. You see? The Lord God formed this little baby of the dust of the ground. That's what he's made out of. And then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he is a living soul. He doesn't have a soul. And Pam doesn't have a soul. And I don't have a soul. But we are living souls made in the image of God you see? And every time you look at a baby or every time you look in the mirror you can say there is a soul you see? Now I think we shouldn't press our luck much further. We're doing all right. Let's take him back while he's still asleep. He won't know anything about this and we've got by quite well. Thank you Pam and thank you for bringing out that little soul. Listen friend This is very, very important that you see this. The Bible says that God is immortal. Man is mortal. We are going to get immortality at the second coming. The Bible says the soul can die. And the Bible tells us how the soul was made by the dust plus the breath. And the Bible says you don't have a soul. The Bible says you are a soul. Now, I know that some of you are feeling a little stunned about this. And you'll say to me tonight, but listen, all the churches, well, no, no, they don't. A lot of them agree with me. A lot of theologians agree with me, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. It's what does the Bible say. But you're going to say tonight, where did this doctrine of the immortality of the soul come from? Because you say, now, just about all the churches believe in the immortality of the soul, and almost all of the preachers, all preachers, a great fundamental tenet of the Scriptures, the immortality of the soul. The problem is, my friend, while the Egyptians believed in the immortality of the soul, and the Babylonians believed in the immortality of the soul, and the Greeks and the Persians and the Romans believed in the immortality of the soul, while all of the ancient religions believed in the immortality of the soul, there was one religion that did not believe in the immortality of the soul, and that, my friend, is the religion of the Bible. Now... I am going to show you where the doctrine of the immortality of the soul came from. And when you hear the meeting tomorrow night, you're going to walk out of the meeting and you're going to say, Hallelujah, thank you God for saving me from one of the greatest deceptions. Now I want you to come now to Genesis 3. Genesis 3. And we're going to look at a text. Genesis 3 verses 1 down to 5. Genesis 3, and please turn to the text. Genesis, the third chapter, verses 1 down to 5. You got that? Genesis chapter 3. Now, I don't want you to believe anything that I can't prove to you, but I tell you there's one thing I do want you to believe. I want you to believe what the Bible says, you see. I don't want you to go out and say, I'm not going to believe that because it's against my traditions. My friend, that is not good enough. I want you to go out and say, if it's in the Bible, so help me, God, I am going to believe it. I hope that you're going to go out of this meeting tonight like Martin Luther who said, Here I stand, I can do no other, you say Martin Luther said, I will stand upon the texts of the Bible. You and I as Christians ought to stand on the texts of the Bible, not on our traditions or our church creeds. Now, where did the immortality of the soul come from? Look at Genesis 3. This will surprise you. Genesis chapter 3. And look at verse Verse 1, please, of Genesis chapter 3. You notice it. Genesis 3, the Bible says, Now the serpent, who was working through the serpent? We discovered this last night in the theatre of the universe. It was the devil himself, Satan. Now the serpent was more cunning, or subtle as the KJV says, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... You shall not eat of every tree of the, of the garden. He came along and he said, Did God really say you're not to eat of the tree of the garden? Did God really say this? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. Here it is. God has said, You shall not touch it. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you, what does it say, lest you die. Did you hear this? God said, if you eat the fruit of that tree, you are going to die. That's what God said. God said, if you sin, you are going to die. But notice what the devil said, verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. God said, If you sin to the human race, you are going to die. But the devil came along and he preached there the first great sermon on the immortality of the soul. And the devil said to the woman, You won't die. You won't. You won't die. And then the next verse says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He said, you're not going to die. In fact, you are going to come into a more exalted spiritual state. You will not die because you have an immortal soul. That idea... Listen to me, because this is a fact. It is an historical fact. This idea was held by the Egyptians. That's why they built the pyramids. It was held by the Babylonians. That's why they built the ziggurats. It was held by the Persians. It was held by the Greeks. The Greeks, you want to go and read about the immortality of the soul? Go and read the writings of Socrates. As he is about to drink the, the fatal hemlock, as he is about to take this, this poison, his disciples say, Socrates, don't do this. He says to them, listen, this is Socrates, who is not a Christian. He says, don't be concerned about me. This body is a shell ever heard this language before? He says, the body is a shell, but inside the shell, my disciples, there is an immortal soul, and that soul cannot die, and the body is simply a shell, and when I die, the soul is going to be released. That's the teaching of the Greeks. The teaching of the Babylonians, the teachings of the Persians and the Greeks passed it on. Listen to me. The Greeks passed it on to the Romans and the Romans passed it on to the church and the church, my friend, passed it to the Roman Catholic Church and the Roman Catholic Church has passed it to every Christian church. Did you know that? And people have been believing this idea and they say it is the truth. It is, it is the truth, but the problem is, my friend, it is not taught in the Scriptures. It has come from the Church of Rome, and the Church of Rome got it from the pagan Romans, and they got it originally from the man who said, you will not surely die. Does that stun you? My friend, it is the truth. And people said to me tonight, you know, when you deal with that subject, you're going to find that people are going to be amazed. My friend, it is the truth. Now listen, somebody says to me tonight, I'm just a little dazed. And they say to me tonight, but listen, aren't people like King David? the man who wrote so much of the Old Testament, the man after God's own heart, they say, isn't King David in heaven? The popular theologians say, of course David is up there in heaven. He is with Jesus, they say, in paradise. Would you like to know what the Bible says about where David is? My friend, come over here to page 1063. 1063. Come over here to the book of Acts I think it's Acts 2 or maybe Acts chapter 3. We'll soon find out when we get there. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Please turn to every text. I want you to see it in the Scriptures. I want you to go out of this meeting tonight absolutely convinced that you have heard this from the Bible. I don't want you to go out and say, you know, he simply hung that up in the air. I want you to see it in the Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 29, the Bible says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. His tomb is with us to this day. Oh, but people say he's dead and buried, but he is really, his soul is in heaven. My friend, look at verse 34. The Bible says, For David did not ascend into the heavens. Did you hear that? I ask you, now answer me. Is David in heaven? How do you know that David isn't in heaven? I'm, I Listen, my friend, who are you to say David isn't in heaven when all the churches, including the Catholic Church, and there's millions of those people, they've got David in heaven. Haven't you got a little bit of audacity to say that David isn't in heaven? I want to tell you why I believe David isn't in heaven. Because all Scripture The Word of God says David is sleeping, waiting the resurrection. My friend, David is going to be in heaven. But the Bible says David did not ascend into heaven. That's what the Word of God says. That's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. Now listen. Would you like to know... What Jesus really thought about this? I want to know where Jesus stands on this. Please come to page 1047, John chapter 11, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Isn't this book absolutely dynamite? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you wait till you get to the meeting tomorrow night. This is nothing compared with what we're going to give you tomorrow night when we talk about the occult and how it is deceiving the whole wide world. John chapter 11, verse 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter 11 and verse 1. Please turn it up. John chapter 11, verse 1. You folk ready to go? Am I going too fast? I always go fast when I get excited. John chapter 11, verse 1. You ready? Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. So this man was sick. Now turn over a little bit further and come down to another verse, verse 11. Uh, No, come down to verse, verse 38. We're going to come back later, verse 38. Then Jesus, so Lazarus gets sick, Lazarus gets more than sick, Lazarus dies, and he is buried. And Jesus comes along, my friend. Then Jesus again comes groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, get rid of it. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. He's been dead for four days. Verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And then, verse 43 Now, when he had said these things, you hear that? When he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Get the drama. Jesus now cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him, let him go. What a story. Here is a man who is dead one, two, three, four days. And what is more, the Bible says there is a stench. We don't like to be inoffensive, but Lazarus in that hard Palestinian climate had already seen corruption. And they said, we can't take away the stone, Lord. There's going to be a stench. Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? He said, take away the stone. They took away the stone. Jesus went to the mouth of the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had been dead for four days and whose body was rotting heard the voice of the Son of God and Lazarus walked out of the tomb. Exactly as God's people are going to walk out of the tomb when Jesus comes. You hear that? Hear that? Just like God's people. <laughs> Jesus Jesus is going to go to your tomb if you're in Christ. And Jesus is going to say to you, Mary, Bill, Tom come out of there and you are going to say I'm coming Lord you see now notice this Jesus did not go to the tomb and say Lazarus come down from heaven he didn't say Lazarus come up out of hell and he certainly didn't say Lazarus come out of purgatory or limbo because those places are frauds they don't exist Purgatory limbo were made up by the Church of Rome in the Middle Ages to get people to go to church. If you scare people enough, they'll do anything. God doesn't act upon that principle. God acts upon the principle of love. You see? But this man came out of the tomb. And do you want to know why Lazarus came out of the tomb? Because Lazarus was sleeping in the tomb. That's that's the reason he came out of the tomb. He was in there waiting for Jesus to call him out, you see. Now come over here to the very words of Jesus, page 1038, John chapter 5, 28 and 29. Please look at the texts. Look at the texts. I feel, you know, I feel just, uh, just a little distressed if you're not looking at the texts. I want you to see the texts. Because unless you see the texts, you're not going to be convinced. And don't be afraid to see the texts. There are some people who think that ignorance is bliss. And if they don't know, it's going to be a good thing not to know. My friend, truth will never hurt you. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So look at the text, please. John chapter 5, 28, 29. Jesus said... Do not marvel at this. He said, don't be amazed about this. For the hour is coming in the which all who are in... Where? That's what Jesus said. All those who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The Bible says that the whole human race is going to be resurrected to the resurrection of life or the resurrection of damnation. They are going to be raised, you see. My friend, listen. See the logic of it. See the beauty of this. I want you to think this through. In popular Catholic Protestant theology, A mother dies. This is not what the Bible says, but what the churches teach. A mother dies, and according to popular theology, she goes straight to heaven. You can go to a million funerals, and no preacher will ever say anybody has ever gone to hell. That ought to make you think. Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, don't look it up, Jesus said, straight is the gate, narrow is the the road that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it and Jesus went on in the same passage and said the vast majority are going to be lost therefore if the vast majority of men and women are going to be lost preachers ought to say by the law of averages this man has gone to hell nobody would say that because he would never no preacher would ever keep his job for more than five minutes you know it's true we Let us deal with the truth. Let us be honest and candid enough to deal with the truth. The truth can't hurt us. The truth may stir us. The truth may offend us. But that's our problem. We ought to ask God to give us victory over those feelings. Now, in popular theology, this lady dies and she goes to heaven. She looks down, she knows everything according to the popular theologians and she sees her children suffering. She sees her daughter dying of leukaemia. She sees another daughter being beaten up by some lout that she's married. And she knows it all. And people tell me that this is bliss and this is glory. I would tell you, my friend, that would not be heaven, that would be hell. The Bible says, and I'm going to prove it to you. Listen to me. Don't get offended. Just stay and listen to the evidence. The Bible tells me there are no souls in purgatory tonight. None. Purgatory is a lie. I had a beautiful Catholic lady come to one of my meetings when after this meeting she stayed behind and she wept and wept and wept and I said why are you weeping have I offended you? She said no but my brother I believed was in purgatory and I was paying X number of dollars every week to get him out. And she said the priest would tell me pay some more and we'll say some more masses to get him out. Listen my friend That is an awful lie. There are no souls in purgatory, because there's no purgatory. And I want to tell the rest of you, there are no souls in a burning hell tonight. Because the Bible says hell takes place at the end of the world. Matthew 13 says it, and Jesus said it a thousand times. But I want to tell you folks something. Our loved ones, none of them are suffering tonight. Not one loved one tonight here is in pain or suffering. Did you hear that? And that ought to make you glad. Come to page 655. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 I think it is yes it is Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5 and here are the words of the great wise man Solomon Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5 notice what he has to say he says for the living know that they will die but the dead know everything did he say that Well, that's what some preachers are saying. He said, The living know that they will die. Would you say it with me? But the dead know. Well, bless your heart. Why don't people believe it? Now, I'm going to write this up on the blackboard. Notice the points. I don't know where I'm going to write it because we're running out of space. God alone is immortality, the Bible says. Man is mortal. Immortality is given to people at the second coming of Jesus. The soul dies. We're going to get immortality. Glory be to God at the second coming. Now, where can I put this point? Point number five. Point number five. What did the text say? The dead know what? The dead no nothing oh i know that somebody's going to say to me tonight but that's not what i was taught my friend you haven't been taught the truth that's the problem the dead know nothing now listen i was holding a series in sydney and a lady came down Before I'd given this meeting, she sat down the front. She said, explain this experience. I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow night. She said, my husband died six months ago, but the other night he came to visit me. He came in, sat down with me, put his arms around me. He is wearing this. This lady is not crazy. People come and tell me stories like this all the time. And they believe this because the basis for that belief has been laid in the immortality of the soul. The Bible says, her loved one knows nothing and is awaiting the coming of Jesus. The Bible says it. I know this causes a tremendous conflict in the mind and people say, you know, my mind is just going around and around. The Bible says, the dead know nothing. Let me show you now from the very words of Jesus what he said about the dead. Jesus said, Lazarus is sleeping. Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. My friend, if a person were in hell, he could hardly be sleeping. Jesus said, he is sleeping. I'm going to go there and wake him up. I mean, friend, if you don't want to believe me, that's all right, but don't turn away from the words of Jesus, I'm telling you. Don't reject what I'm saying tonight because of preconceived ideas.